Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Ahmed. And you had a birthday and you got to go. To, I mean, happy birthday, of course. Thank we're now you. We're the same age again. Uh, and hey. and you went to the Color Factory, which is a place that we had talked about maybe going to together and couldn't make it work when, when I was in New York last year. And I've just like been enjoying watching your very on-brand birthday. Do you want to talk a little bit about the Color Factory? <laughs> Uh, sure. Yeah, I had like a crazy birthday because I was turning my favorite number. So of course, I put all the pressure on Marco to be like, my birthday needs to be epic. It's my favorite number birthday it should be all my favorite <laughs> things. So it's, you know, a dream of mine. I always seem to find new dreams so I can do more fun stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, favorite number birthday. And we spent the uh, weekend in the city and we went all places. And one of them was the color factory. And it's a, it's kind of like an art exhibit that basically culminates in an adult ball pit, but we accidentally went on a weekend and it was full of children. So we're pretty sure we, you know, got the plague, but it's okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it is, uh, it's pretty cool. They have a lot of different like rooms and exhibits, um, all based around color and it's just kind of a fun, playful afternoon. And it's really, um, Instagrammable, which I adore, I just I I adore that. I love Instagramming <laughs> things. I'm still trickling out Instagram photos that I'll be posting from the whole weekend. But yeah, it's just it's very beautiful and I enjoy beautiful things and especially colorful ones. So it was a lot of fun and I recommend anyone who is who can go should go and you have to buy tickets online beforehand and it's uh it's really fun. Yeah, just from like when I checked it out online last year and looking at your pictures, I get the sense, and I kind of like that, that it's not, you know, it's it's an art exhibit in the sense of just, like, experience things, feel color, and not, like, learn a thing, you know? And I kind of yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, there's no that. learning. <laughs> there's no learning at all. They kind of just, um, and they they don't move you through at, like, you essentially go through it at your own pace also, which is really nice. So it's kind of self-guided in that sense, but there are people throughout in different color jumpsuits to help you out or to suggest what you should do in a certain room. But it's a, it's a really neat, fun thing to do. Yeah, and that's cool. I, I don't know if, like, I mean, I love colors, uh, but also with, like, the color theory class and, like, I have now this big box of, of gouache paints and all this stuff. Um, so it was just fun to see, like, oh, here's, you know, flags in increasingly or decreasingly, I guess, depending on how you look at it, you know, shades of orange or whatever. It was just, it's, it was really fun to watch. Oh, that was actually like a whole rainbow. So I'm going to be posting more of those cool paper flags. There was like, I don't know, thousands of paper streamers coming from the ceiling. It, it was really cool. It's very cool. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to do a quick follow up uh, from last episode. We got an, uh, an interesting email from Marcus about masterpieces. You know, we, we talked a little bit about like, what is a master? Uh, and, you know, masterpieces are still very much a thing in, in Germany because I talked about how it's coming back more in Sweden. Mm -hmm. uh, and he shared that there's someone in the pen community uh, called Annabelle Hiller, who's at Strings and Petals online. And she is working on her masterpiece to complete her goldsmith education. She's making a fountain pen from scratch. And he said it was so funny. He said uh, she doesn't actually want to become a goldsmith. It's just the best way to learn how to make fountain pen nibs. And I, <laughs> I kind of love that. I like you go through the whole process like you don't actually want to do the whole thing you just want the part so I thought that was funny uh and and we'll link to her obviously in, in the show notes so this episode we, we got a listener question about organizing materials and tools and whatever you 
put into the word stash. Uh, we, we've talked a little bit about stash in an earlier episode, but I figured, you know, we could start the year off with some constructive stuff, not just about our uh, broad dreams and plans, but like maybe being helpful. Uh, are you an organized person? You feel like an organized person. Oh my God. I'm looking at my desk right now. It is utter chaos. When it comes to art stuff, I'm every, I'm a disaster. (laughs) Oh, I have like 15 different like ongoing, oh, I need this out for reasons, uh, stuff every it's, it's becoming overwhelming and I need this episode to talk through motivating me to start organizing (laughs) everything because my problem is, I I wonder if this is a creative person thing or just a, a busy person thing, but it's like, I have so many things I want to do and I want to make sure that they are out and visual so that I remember to do them. If I put them away, they stay away until like I'm for some reason digging around where they went away too. And I'm like, oh yeah, I have this thing. (laughs) So I have everything out because so right now I have out like 15 uh, retro 51 pens like all across my my desk because I want to set them up to take a picture of them because retro 51 is going away and I'm crying inside every single day. But I have like that project doing. And then I also have all this ink I want to swatch. And then I have, um, some paint stuff. I have my art snacks box. I have a pile of art I need to frame on the floor. Like there is just stuff everywhere and I need to get organized. <laughs> so how do you have it set out? Is it literally just like piles and stacks and cups? Like there's no like, here is how it's set up so that I will remember it. Is it just like you dropped it from a medium height and it landed where it landed? Well, nothing was dropped because I am <laughs> careful. But yeah, it's just I have areas of my crafting and art world that are organized. Like I have all the cups of like one type of pen or one type of color. Uh, I have all that kind of out but then as soon as I start using any of it it's just a disaster right and then I have to essentially I go through phases of organizing where I have to sit down and focus and be like this is happening and that is where maybe I can help or maybe I can listen to you (laughs) tell me how to do this because it's not that I don't know how it's that I I lack the ability to keep it organized after it's been done. Yeah, because I feel like that's sometimes my problem as well. Like, you know, I'm a sort of chronic, compulsive, intermittent organizer. So like I will, you know, get it into a good state and a good system and then it just sort of deteriorates. And I don't know if like mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't be saying anything. It's what the thing, you know, the cobbler's children uh, go barefoot and the baker's children go hungry kind of thing. But like <laughs> I can help anyone else. But I think that something that is really important that I am slowly learning is, you know, as always done is way better than perfect. And I think even more important is um, realistic is better than the perfect solution or a pretty solution, you know, Mm -hmm. because I think you have to realize a who you are, like what kind of artsy person are you and what kind of uh, organizing solution are you? And I think that also like say you can get like the perfect sort of Tetris solution and organization of all your things but then maybe the stuff that you actually use the most is under or behind other things because it's it's bigger than the other things that it's it's really easy to get stuck in like not organizing for your 
actual self and the, your actual life and your actual creativity, but you're organizing for some sort of ideal self or maybe even an Instagrammable self, you know? Mm. I mean, I'm all for like color coordinated cups, pretty labels, all that stuff, but not if it's only so that you can feel accomplished at the moment of finishing your organization, you know? Because I think that's, it's, it's really easy to get there where you have, you're sort of struck by the storm of frustration over your chaos and you make a really pretty system, but it's sort of, it's, it's not a system based on what you're doing. It's a system on like, what can I do with this? And it's almost like separate from your actual practice. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. Uh, I think that a lot of the things that end up accumulating, it's tricky to be realistic about how you're using it, uh, especially the stuff that goes unused most of the time. Mm-hmm. That to me is always the hardest thing it's like where is the boundary between i need to get rid of this versus i need to store it somewhere because i feel like if i store something too deeply it's never going to get used and uh, but a lot of it it's like it it isn't getting used it's been like i have pens that are sitting here for years that are just sitting there like Mm -hmm. what what i'm looking at a big mason jar full of random stuff right now and i'm like why do I have this? I never write with this kind of pen. I always write with fountain pens. Why, why are you in there? I'm looking <laughs> at you right now. Why? <laughs> you And you should just go, I should just throw it away. But like, I don't and I should. And maybe that's what I need to do right now. I should just start organizing like while I'm here, like just move everything <laughs> around and move. Like, just because... wait, wait until after we've done recording because <gasps> I think you'll do a lot of clicky noises. We can do like a little ASMR bonus after the end of just like us clicking stuff around. No, but I think of, I think like <laughs> the general ways that people organize if you start organizing is either by sort of like function slash type of craft uh, or maybe by materials. So that like even if you have you know, you might have watercolors and oils in the same stuff because they're paints uh, or sometimes frequency. Like you might have, you know, the box of the stuff from all the crafts that are the things that you do the most. And then maybe you organize everything else by function. I think I'm, again, when I'm organized, I think I'm <laughs> mostly like a sort of a function kind of person. So like paper mm-hmm. and sketchbooks will go together and maybe also with canvases even if they're for totally different things, but just like if I want to look for brushes, I know where brushes are. It's not like I have, I wish I could be like, here is an entire little oil kit and a pretty box with a ribbon on it, you know, like, and here is for this kind of mood or whatever. But I try to more prep, like I want to look for the brushes. And that's what I'm talking about, like artsy stuff. And I also, I think I try to keep like, you know, different kinds of fabric or different weights of yarn together so that I know that if I'm looking for specifically a stretchy jersey fabric, because I want to make that kind of um, item or a sock weight yarn, I can, in theory, save some time so that I don't have to look through all of the piles or all of the boxes of fabric. I can just try to remember, like, this is where all the stretchy stuff is, sort of. That's a good idea. I mean, like, I definitely organize by thing. So, like, I will have bins of paint and one will be watercolor one will be oil one will be acrylic so I have those all separated because I know it's really tricky to be like I want to grab a color oh crap this is oil Mm -hmm. not like I need acrylic paint for what I'm doing and it's just it's all wrong so those are all very much separated 
um, I have a drawer. Uh, drawer. I hate saying the word drawer. It's very hard for a New Yorker <laughs> to say the a word drawer. drawer. <laughs> draw i don't know it's just it's very tricky <laughs> word i Do never you also learned say it. a chester drawers chester drawers it's just oh it's hard it's it's horrible it's hard it's horrible <laughs> it's it's waffle it's waffle it's just the drawers are waffle i can't say we can, uh, we can call it a a, a a container boxed furniture thingy <laughs> yeah the boxed furniture of things uh i have a unit. Like just <laughs> random craft stuff, like all the little like stuff to make Halloween costumes. And it's such a mess. I don't know what to do with it. Because I think that's also often a problem for people like us, like the, the people who are sort of just explosively generally crafty, where it's kind of it's pretty easy to be like, here's where brushes and pens go. Here's where. And then you have just like, these are things that can go into like here's you know tons of glue and maybe some sequins and maybe uh something that you can put on other th- you know like all of the general like i don't I have, have a bag of old baby food containers for a potential craft for a birthday party that hasn't even happened yet that i've had for like three years oh it's that's like, that's another category there's stuff have them <laughs> the stuff that's not even specifically craft materials like you haven't bought them in a craft or art they're like you said like they're stuff that is sort of recycle reuse kind of stuff where you're like and it's like i know i can make something out of this and i have an idea of what i would make out of this but it's just hanging around waiting for that all to happen and it's i mean i think i need an entire house just for like all of my weird (laughs) craft stuff i really need to pare down and I think I'm speaking in like kind of the royal we sense because I know a lot of people out there are probably like, oh my gosh, me too. Because it is, it's just you expand it so much and you have all these ideas because your brain is infinite, right? But your space is limited. So you have to reel it in. And I have a hard time. I got to like, I don't, I got, I don't, I don't know, to be like, thank you for your service jar <laughs> of baby food. You need to go because this project isn't going to happen. Yeah. Cause that's, I think also a very easy trap to get caught in is the maybe one day things mm-hmm. where you're either, you know, you have the random materials where you're thinking I could do something with these one day, or you're like, maybe one day I will want to you know, make jewelry or stencil furniture or whatever. Like either you've bought it because you want to do it someday or maybe somebody gave it to you or you tried it once and you're like, maybe I'll get back to these. And I am so, I'm so conflicted about that kind of stuff because we've talked a lot about having stuff so that whatever you feel like doing on the, on your random sort of creative outburst days that you know you can always have eight types of glue. But at the same time, maybe that's not the best thing and i because I, I i don't think you should throw stuff out just like just like that necessarily and that's probably also another weird conflict where i'm like who do i give eight half bottles of different kinds of craft glue to you know but <laughs> yeah. you could you could probably find like you know an old folks home or a daycare or something to take those but i think that's where i often get stuck like i have this unorganized box of different kind of beads that someone gave me when they were moving or whatever. And I'm like, I'm, I'm really, I'm not going to do anything with these beads, but who do I give it? Who do I pass it on to? And should I feel bad that they're not organized? You know, like how, cause those things aren't even aspirational to me. Cause that's, it, it can be hard to be like, you know, the aspirational, like one day I will, and these things are pretty and they make me happy. I can hang on to them. But the mm-hmm. stuff that's really like, 
you know, I'm, I'm never going to do anything with these. They're not my taste. Uh, they're not a craft I'm interested in. They're not maybe a craft I'm interested in anymore. And even before you get to like, you know, did I spend money on this? It's like, what, what do you do with those kind of things? I think we, we got right into like downsizing, not organizing. But well, that's I think it's part of organizing. Like you have to essentially get rid of certain things. You can't just keep everything in order to organize, right? Like it's, I think that it, they're, they both go hand in hand and it's a healthy thing to downsize while you're organizing. Yeah. How do you think about organizing for when either, you know, like we, we talk a little bit about different crafts, but when different crafts use the same things, like for instance, where, where do you keep, Ooh. you know, rulers and exacto knives and that kind of thing that might come out for painting or for, uh, for sewing or for framing things or whatever it might be like, where do you, do you have like a, a master box of things that can go for eight different kinds of projects? Sometimes I end up doubling up because I have the unique situation. Well, I guess it's not that unique. A lot of people have studios outside of their homes or workspaces outside of their homes. Mm -hmm. And the idea of having to sometimes double up on things because you're like, oh, this thing's at the studio and I need it here for this project that I don't do at the studio. I do this at home. Like I have that kind of conflict of, where is the thing if I have one and what should I buy two of? And also what realistically am I keeping in the wrong place? Like what is at the studio that I always try and do at home versus, and what is at the, what is at home that I always end up doing at the studio? And so it's like, let's be realistic about this. And so with rulers and the, that kind of stuff, it, uh, th these are hard questions because I have like <laughs> rulers for sewing and then I have rulers for sticky things because you don't want sticky things on your sewing rulers. Like you just, yeah. you just don't. So there are certain things or like the scissors, like sewing scissors, there are scissors that are just for fabric. So those scissors stay with the fabric stuff. And then there are scissors that are for sticky crafty town. Those stay with sticky crafty town. And then there's like the paper I'm opening up boxes and so I need scissors are everywhere just put scissors everywhere you can't organize scissors if you have a scissor drawer it it's never gonna it's never gonna happen like they just need to be all over the place yeah because <laughs> what I find is kind of in, in that vein like finding the thing like okay I put it away maybe organized maybe not and then I'm like I know I have you know this kind of ruler or I have this kind of craft knife and then I'm like where I feel like I should just have like this huge sort of excel sheet that's like mm -hmm. color goaded with and then I have a picture of where I put the thing because sometimes I'm just like I my organized self did not help my actual reality self and that's yeah. that's where I kind of do get like maybe I should have you know clear boxes all just stacked on top of each other on my desk so that I can literally mm -hmm. see things at all times but then I also feel like because because you were saying because there's the double thing of keeping things accessible of a uh making it easy for yourself to find things if you do one craft fairly often. But then also you kind of were touching on the thing of inspiring you to, to go like, Hey, this is a thing I like. Uh, or I should sit down like every time you sort of pass your table on the way to the kitchen or the bathroom or the laundry room or whatever, you will go, Oh, right. My paints are here. I could, I could paint. Like how, how do you feel about that stuff being visible thing? I tried that last year with the whole loom thing. Remember that? 
before you've sent it into loom, <laughs> loom, loom town. Uh, I tried that, like having it out and being like, ah, if I have it out instead of watching TV and being on my phone, I'll watch TV and weave things. Right. Yeah, totally didn't just, it became invisible to me completely. And if I didn't want to do it, I wasn't going to do it. So it went away. And I think I see it in my, you know, mind's eye essentially of like, oh, I should do this just as often away as it would have if it were in my current view. But then when you talk about other things, like let's say fountain pens, if I have a fountain pen in front of me, I'm going to open up a notebook and start doodling garbage because that's just what my hands want to do all the time when I'm sitting at my desk. So it's like, because I know I do that idly, I'll keep those things out. And the things that I had to come to terms with, I'm not going to be doing idly. I packed it away. And so it's also kind of being honest with yourself of what am I actually going to do? I know that some people can get inspired by having things out. And I think that that is a different method for a different person then. So if you will only do things, if it's out and you pass by and you see it and you just go and use it, then yeah, absolutely. Leave it out, make yourself little stations, like do what you need to do. But there's also the time where you have to come to terms with, am I actually doing this craft at all? Or is it always, you know, down the rung of activities in my life, like second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and then all of a sudden it just drops off. And I think that that's where I am now with certain things that I'm thinking about that are stored upstairs or wherever they're stored. And I had to think about like, it's been three years since I touched craft, you know, cue or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. It's time for me to kind of get rid of that stuff and move it out of my space so that there's room for just space in general. You know, sometimes in order to do a craft or, or art project or something, just space to function is the most valuable, right? Like you can't paint unless you have a clear surface to paint on and sometimes also the space to not look through 18 different spaces of storage yeah to find the thing that you want yeah how how much are your hands itching right now to go like sort through stuff and throw them out and organize just because we're talking about it I'm like ready to leave the podcast right now and just like go. I'm making a mental list of all the things and I'm just looking around my desk too. I'm like, I should listen to myself because there's no place for me to write anything. I need to get rid of like 12 things so that way I can just enjoy writing as I as I want to instead of, you know, pushing aside stacks of, of notebooks and boxes and ink bottles and stuff. So like, yeah, it's uh, it's it's you're making me itchy to start, to start how, how doing do you, this how, how do you organize the studio though because i i feel like you have way less actual materials there because i feel like it's primarily your oil space so like if, yeah. if you think about your studio how do you organize your stuff there do you have i'm trying to remember because i feel like you had some sort of rolly drawer unit uh mm-hmm. with stuff but like how do you how do you store and organize things there if, if we're I... if we th- try to narrow it down to one craft yeah, that that space seems to be more sacred to me than other spaces in my home because it's like the crafts that I have there or the the supplies that I have there are specific for creating like one thing like a painting or a drawing. So I actually just recently moved all of my watercolors and my color pencils over there too because I'm like if I'm creating a more serious piece that's not just like 
idle fountain pen doodles, then that's where I'm going to be doing it in that space because I can't leave things out the way I want to when it comes to like painting and then letting things dry. And then my son comes home from school and it's like, wow, like stuff is everywhere and homework. And it's like, it's getting in the paint and I'm in the way. And then we as a family need to eat dinner. So like I have to clear everything off the table. So I've come to be like, this studio space is for when I'm making something, you know, so I've moved everything over there and there it's really organized. I have my pencils on the table, all in their different colors. I have my paints in like a caddy. I have my jars of medium and uh, varnish and all that kind of stuff in uh, one of those Ikea rolly carts that you can <laughs> kind of move anywhere, which is great because if you're not in the right position or you can't grab the right thing, it's just so easy to swing that around and move it around. I have a whole setup for still life. Um, anything that I want to set up, I have that like with a backdrop and I, I have it all very ready to, I can just walk in. I don't have to move anything. I don't have to change anything. It's all just right there. All the brushes are organized in their cups and everything's like able to be washed easily. The flow of that space is exactly what it should be. Like it's, it's, it functions like a studio and how a studio should be. You're not fighting with your everyday life to fit crafts or, or artistic ventures into a, an everyday life situation, that's all separate. So it feels really good there. And I wish I could almost bring what I have at the studio to my like office home area, but it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that for, cause for a second I was like, I'm jealous. So I want to, and then I was like, wait, I have a studio. And yeah, yeah in like, my how actual, do you organize your studio? Yeah. In my actual studio, Everything is really well. And I think it maybe yeah. is because it is like sort of one function thing. I mean, two function, I guess, because you have the throwing and then you have the decorating. But yeah, like I have stuff set up for what do I use the most? And that's easily accessible, like in some mm -hmm. sort of basket or cups. And I have no shame about having 18,000 cups for different tools so that I know like in these in this cup, I have different kinds of files, but they're all files. So here I have scratchy tools and here I have like, but they're all set mm -hmm. up. And so the stuff that I use not that often is put away, but still fairly accessible. But I think that is because it's all for the one purpose, the one craft, the one art. Um, and it's easy to keep it that way because you're in that mindset of I'm using a brush. Now I'm putting the brush away. Like it's just, it's methodical. You're there to essentially do a job. Like if you think of it as I'm doing a job and I have these tools to do this job. And if I don't put them away, the next time I do the job, it is going to be more difficult. And so the, the workflow in that space just tends to happen much more naturally than like the crafty explosion, you know, mind palace of chaos that I have at home, that it's just whatever I feel like. And that's gets dangerous. The whatever I feel like kind of <laughs> crafting is the real dangerous place when it comes to chaos uh, versus organization. Yeah. And I don't know what's actually more dangerous or unproductive is if you're actually a person who does stuff all the time or being someone who has a bunch of stuff because you're dreaming about doing stuff all the time because either way you have too much stuff. But mm -hmm. and because I think also like in a living space that you're sharing with other people, you really can't live like that I don't think no. I mean depending on like how big is your living space what kind of person are you sharing it with but in a living space if this was my house just for me I might have more stuff sort of set up everywhere so that I could do stuff but 
Still probably not because again, like I would, it's less serious everything else that I'm doing sort of. And that's not, you know, denigrating it. It's just like, it doesn't need to be streamlined in the same way because they're way less complicated crafts. Uh, and I can imagine if I got into more more messy painting, if I got into oils, for instance, I would have the same problem that you had with your living space because mm-hmm. like it's not it's not very clean. It's easily transferable onto everyone who passes by it, sort of like with the clay. Like you need to keep it easily cleanable as well. And that's where organization really comes into it. I really just want to throw everything out right now. Everything. No. But um, <laughs> but something that something that you said, because I have also on my sort of mental list, and I think also even in the notes, like what, what also I think is hard if you have stuff organized sort of based on function or kind of material, what's hard is also the stuff that um, only comes out every now and then, but for the same craft. So uh, the, the varnishing, like the final coat or like the final things that you do that don't that aren't constant like you have to varnish paintings and they're like okay does this go with paints and brushes and maybe get in the way of the paints and the brushes or does it go somewhere else and you go get it the like once a month that you do the final things like if you're if you're the type who has a separate quilting sewing machine for instance that one is not going to come out as often but should you still keep it you know like i just i have all these and I think, again, the danger is that I want to have the perfect system and then you just like get stuck in this like you need to think it out and suddenly you have bought eight whiteboards just to try to figure out the perfect system and you're still not actually doing anything. I think for your primary purpose, like your your primary craft, your primary art, uh, I feel bad for all those people out there who are mixed media artists because, oh my gosh, your stuff is probably all over the place. You have so much stuff. Uh, But I think if you are focusing on what you do the most, uh, that should be like the most organized and the most prominent. So you can be the most successful when you are going to do it because you will be accessing those things more the most often. Mm -hmm. I think the secondary stuff can all be kind of put to the back and, you know, varnishes and things. Yeah. You should totally store those separately if they are getting in the way of what you use every day. And now I don't know how everyone else functions, but for me, when I'm painting, I tend to take a larger bottle of something and pour it into like a smaller, I am using this right now vessel and then put away the big stuff. So I essentially set up my workspace where I'm like, okay, I need linseed oil. So I take the linseed oil and I pour it into a small little like container that I have left over, you know, from jelly or lush or or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Or baby food. And that's like the container that I'm using for the day or the week or, or for the entire project. And the big bottle goes away because I don't, no one needs that much linseed oil. Please don't (laughs) use that much linseed oil. Like it's just, you can't. And then when it comes to varnish, you're not varnishing a painting Like my uh, professors at school, teachers at school say, like, you shouldn't be putting varnish onto a painting until after like two years that the painting is dried. So you're absolutely sure that it's dry. And, you know, that's a very big, serious thing. And so it's like, yeah, you don't need that varnish. (laughs) It's going to be a long time before you need that varnish. So it, it shouldn't be in the way of your workspace. And I think that there's anything like that. I think maybe you could even organize it as like, you know, this is the, these are the tools I need to start. These are the tools I need in the middle of a project. And these are the tools I need to finish a project. You know, you can set things out in that kind of way as well, even if they're all a little bit 
different. Um, so that way you're never scrounging or looking or misusing a thing. And you're like, oh no, I just used this brush for something else. And I, and I, it hardened up with all this varnish. And now I can't use it for some, you know, it's, there are things I think you need to duplicate sometimes for those little things, but I don't know. It's, it's all how you work. <laughs> I'm getting myself all mentally clogged up. I'm, I'm disorganizing my own brain. Ah. <laughs> I think also that might be a smart way to work because I feel like one of the hardest things to organize is the really, really boring stuff. Like, oh, these are, you know, scraps of fabric that I used to wipe my hands down. Like, you know, like the, the stuff that's not even really a supply supply. Like it's not a creative supply. It's like I need, you know, I need towels and maybe I have the messy towels that I don't want to put with the other towels so that people wind up washing their face with something that looks disgusting, <laughs> even if it's clean, you know, like the boring stuff, but that you need. And that's mm -hmm. where it maybe is easier if you do have like, this is the box of the the middle of the project active stuff. And you're like, yes, I have three disgusting towels in here. They're perfectly clean, but they look like the worst kind of kindergarten art explosion. <laughs> You know what my favorite organization thing is? I love in people's workshops when they have all the wrenches hung by size in like <laughs> a beautiful little like cascade, either either big to little or like a a, a peak, you know, like a, yeah. a small in the middle, and then they go large. Oh, it's just it's so good. And that's I love actually that. and that's actually a really good example. <laughs> it it reminds me of again like the perfect because you see when people have those pegboards. I'm always fascinated when people have like drawn the outlines of their things so that they know where they go. And then I'm like, so what do you do if you buy a new wrench or one of your wrenches breaks? It's a, it's for me, at least, it's a very mm -hmm. good example of like, yes, this is lovely visually. And in the moment, it's probably really helpful. And maybe if, if you know, you have kids or, or a partner or friends coming in to borrow your stuff, they know where it goes back. But then like, okay, so do you then have to take all the things off, take all the hangers and pegs off, repaint your pegboard, and then draw new outlines every time you find a new tool. Yeah, you have to be pretty set in your standard, like this is what I'm using when you when you go into the, I'm going to be tracing the objects to where they go. Yeah. No, like I've, I've totally accepted that my studio is not, like the whole, you can't just like take a picture and be like, oh, this is, it's never going to be Instagram ready. And if I got it Instagram ready, I would have to hide certain things behind me and I would feel you know dishonest at the very least because I'm just like this has to be a functioning space it's organized and it's useful and I can have someone co come in at any time and I'm not like ashamed of it because it's all useful but it's not all gonna be pretty and I don't think it needs to be pretty especially art spaces they I think that it's more beautiful when they're like there's paint everywhere and there's a little bit of chaos and stuff you just need good lighting for it to be Instagram worthy that's all <laughs> illuminate the mess in a very pretty way and well i mean that's set. that's also my, my space is not going to be um instagram ready because it's in a basement so like there's not going to be good light but also you know like i have one of those rolly bins with baskets and the baskets have uh plastic bags of all various colors that i put over things to make them dry slower or not dry at all and that basket is just it's not going to be pretty but that that's where i have useful stuff and i have my mm -hmm. plaster bats to set things on and all that it's just it's not going to be pretty but it's very useful um, and maybe I need to accept that in all of my house and maybe also throw things out. Are you, are you a backup person, like a backups person? Do you have, how much, how much backup do you have of most of the stuff that you use so that you know that you will never suddenly be like, oh crap, I'm out of, uh, you know, cerulean oil paint. 
Oh, no backups at all. I'm very much an oh crap, I'm out of person. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, I like right now I have no titanium black. Like there's no, like, it's just, I think that's what it is. Is it? Yeah, that sounds good. There's a black that I need and it's just out and I just need to go get it. And I'm being lazy about going to get it and I just need to do it. And a, Or a brush will break. Like I do, I break brushes and I don't have a backup of that brush. So if it happens while I'm painting, then I'm like, well, Guess I'm using another brush. <laughs> like I just had to make do. Make it's, do. Make do. It's it's one of my problems. I am like a like it's this sort of security blanket for me. Like and it can, that can go for like makeup or uh, a really nice pair of jeans or something. Where I'm just like I need to have this if they discontinue it or oh I back up I my run clothes. <laughs> but, I have double shoes. I do. <laughs> but it's I feel like it's probably not the best thing to do plus your tastes might change in the time it takes you to use up you're like no i want vanta black instead of titanium black. that happens to me all the time i constantly buy like oh no this is going to get discontinued and i love this thing and then by the time the first one wears out i'm like i'm ready for something completely new like Mm -hmm. why did i get a backup of this thing so yeah it's that's a bad habit okay i want i want to before we finish up, because because you said like you've been working on downsizing, what does that what does that mean to you? Does it mean, um, you know, cutting back the number of different crafts, or just cutting back the amount of supplies per craft, or or both? I'm going to be seriously cutting down the things that I have that I have not worked on in years. Just being realistic, I am not going to be making jewelry. Why do I have all these jewelry making things like in a giant box? Like they, that just needs to go. I'm feeling Um, really attacked right now. (laughs) No, 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 because I feel the exact same way. I'm like, I really should just get rid of this. (laughs) I've this picture and I don't like it. Yeah, I, I do not. I know people who make jewelry and I am happy that they do. And I love the stuff they make, but it's like, I tried that on, you know, like I tried to like, am I this kind of person? And yeah, I had a fun time doing it, but I'm not doing it again. It's been, I don't know, eight years since I even tried to make anything. And it's just, it's not going to happen. So I just need to cut loose all of that stuff and, and let it go. There are a number of other small craft things that I have that I'm just holding on to because I liked doing it and it was fun, but I'm not going to be going back into it again. And I think I'm going to be able to clean out like almost a full closet by doing this. And (laughs) the same goes for certain supplies. And the thing is also, also like, I'm not a big believer in in the the secret and that kind of like prosperity doctrine type thing but i think also for most people you don't have to hang on to things in case you want to do them again in like 15 years because you can probably buy you know the basic joy making materials again Mm -hmm. or you know ask the friends that you donated to and be like hello do you have four uh, you know, fixings for this kind of earring. Can I can I buy four of them off you? Yeah, exactly. It's it's not stuff that it's going to be like, oh, I need to save every little tiny, you know, O-ring to make sure like if I need this maybe one day, it, it has to go. Like I can't keep holding on to all that kind of stuff. And then now the same thing goes for um certain craft items or supplies that I think of as collections, you know, notebooks, pens, like I'm going to go through the stuff that I just don't use. It just needs to go. Like just because it's pretty and beautiful, and if I'm not using it, and I think that there's something else in my collection area that like I find more pretty and more beautiful and more useful, that's going to stay and the other one has to go. Like 
there's so many wonderful, exciting things in the world, craft wise, collection wise, artistically, you just, you can't have them all. And they, some of them just, they need to go. I've already found some new homes for some pens. So, you know, hit me up if you're into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it all needs to just downsize. And I think that seeing and enjoying something in a smaller quantity, you get to enjoy it more. And I, I want that experience for my, for this year. I want to weed out all of the extra. I think both that kind of downsizing and the organizing will also let you see the stuff you have because it's really easy to just, you don't know what you have. And suddenly you're like, wait, I have eight of these and not because mm -hmm. like you want either the backups or because you want to have them available in different places, but you just like, you don't remember it's kind of that, like, do we have mayonnaise thing? We're like, you're at mm -hmm. the store. And like, do we have mayo? I don't think we do. And then you buy mayo. And then you're like, I have 14. I have a cabinet full of mayonnaise. <laughs> and all of them have one spoon missing because you're like, and I think that's the main thing. And not just that, because again, if you're a backups type of person and you like having that, fine. And sometimes it's good. We're like, I cannot find my fabric scissors. Okay, I have one more pair. But if you, you can't remember or you can't find the thing and you're like, I have 24 fabric scissors because I, I mean, you probably remember that you have them, but you can never find them. And that's that's my main thing also. Like, it's just sad when you can't, you know, your your artistic mayo cabinet is just overflowing and not for any fun reason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't like digging through my supplies in order to find what I want and then coming up that I, do, I can't even find what I actually want. So I think that anything, anytime that your supplies become an in impediment to your creativity is when you need to start thinking about organizing and or downsizing. Yeah, I think just like you, I'm going to finish this this conversation and then just start going through my my drawers, drawers, uh, drawers <laughs> and boxes just be like, nah. Um, and I have, you know, I have friend with, friends with kids and friends who are just crafting in general and be like, hello, do you make jewelry? Um, <laughs> Just like, hello, Facebook. Do, do you make a thing? Let's all just go into our craft drawers or closets and face some reality and be like, am I really going to do this thing this year? Or you know what? How about this? If you even put it in like a holding area, like make a like get a big empty bin and put all the stuff in there that you think. Like that turn turn your hangers the other way. And if you haven't touched them in X months. They go exactly. Away. Exactly. Like put it away, get it out of your space, put it into a basement, um, give it to a relative to hold on to. I don't know anything that you can possibly think of to move it out of the space it was occupying and getting in your way. And if you don't go and get it out of that bin at, you know, in a couple months or whatever time frame you want to give it, it's it's time to go. Like and if you know for sure that it's time to go when you don't even need like the holding bin, then that's even better. But I think that I'm going to have like the two stages of these things. Like you're getting out of here today and er, I'm going to check back on you in a month or two and see if I really want to get rid of you. Yeah. And the, the parallel homework is, you know, organize your things and don't make it too, too specific and like molecular. Like maybe you want to have one little bin with a label on it that just says tape measures, but it's probably going to make it harder for you to keep another been of other things in that place it's just like have a thing that's sewing supplies 
mm-hmm. you know, it's it's one of my examples. Like it is it is really easy to be like, I'm gonna be super organized, but then you still have to go to through forty eight bins with different labels instead of being like the sewing supplies are in the sewing supply bin. Instead of me like, you know, you have one tiny little box with the label that says a thimble. It's just not it's just not really doable. <laughs> yeah. You're a house, not a store. Like, you know, you're a person. You don't need to set things up like they're going to be sold, that they need to be that organized. It's you just you need to by function is very, very helpful. Um, Yeah, if you get too if you get too organized, being able to stay that way is is less and less likely. Yeah, very much so. Unless you're that kind of person, in which case, um, come on over. I have tea. Yeah, in which case you don't need this podcast. So uh, see you next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, like good homework for both you and me and everybody listening is just like, you know, think about your actual crafting self, both when it comes yeah. to what you need and what you need to organize. And I would love to see pictures or hear stories about your horror stories or successes or a combination of the two. One thing I like to think about that I'll say right before we go is I'd like to look at something in my life and I think, would I bring this with me if we moved? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's kind of a big telling thing. Like if I can't part with it, uh, with it, I need to move with this or put it in storage if I move somewhere smaller that I can't actually bring it with me, would I continue having this thing in my life if I'm moving tomorrow? And if the answer is, no, I don't need this, then it should go now. Like why... Are you waiting? When you feel like maybe, you know, giving it away, throwing it away is wasted money. Think of think of it from the other perspective. Would you give someone, you know, $20 or $50 or $450 for this now? If you like you had to go out and buy stuff, you don't have to think about a fire or that kind of thing. Just like, would is this something that you would buy now? And if no, mm-hmm. then maybe you don't need it or love it um, or you're just as cheap as I am, whatever. But yeah. And yeah. I, f- I feel like we're both like super virtuous right now. And then next we are. next episode, when we ask each other, we're both just going to like grumble and try to change the subject. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I got rid of all my stuff. What are you talking about? I'm like super minimalist now. It's so echoey no behind me because there's nothing here. It's so empty. I'm spinning around in all of my glorious space. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so maybe next time you can tell us about spinning around in your glorious space and you can go find our show notes at relay.fm slash make do. And we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. And our email address is is make do pod at gmail.com. Wow. We're the same everywhere. Mm -hmm. You can find us individually at Tiffany Armen and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. And we will be back in a fortnight And while we are gone, we're going to be organizing the hell out of our lives. And until then, go make and do with what you have left. And and also, please do record yourself just like going through your things and making clicky noises because that's the the main kind of ASMR that I actually like. All right. Let me get my pen cup out. Here we go. Oh, my God. There. There's a why. Why is why is this in here? This whole cup needs to go. Oh, except for you, Swiss Wood Pencils, you need to stay.